Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733.
888-789-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslo Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslo Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslo Show 2.0. All right, welcome, Zaslo Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 9th of January. Good to have you aboard. However you're listening to the show, we appreciate you. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff. It's good for the algorithm. You let everybody know you love Zaslo Show 2.0. That's great for me. I appreciate you. And of course, Zaslo Show 2.0 always Brought to us by our title sponsor, which is Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. If you're involved in any kind of accident, any kind of personal injury, you want to make sure you give a call to Anajar and Levine. Those are my guys, because they're going to get you the money that you deserve. They're going to make sure that you're taken care of. 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Wow! 
do we have a lot to get to on the show today. I missed a few things. Let's be honest. I missed a few things. Now, it's not as if, you know, I didn't see everything that was going on. I've been away since last week. I was away since last Monday night. And I told you, I didn't want to leave everybody in the lurch. Although, uh, you know, I know you guys were probably saying to yourself when, when it got around to Friday and you realize there's no Zazlo Show 2.0. Uh, man, who, who's going to tell us if it's a big game or if it's not a big game? And I really apologize for that. But I did put out a tweet from Utah. I was in Utah last week. First time ever there. Lovely place. I put out a tweet on Friday, so I hope that that steered you in the right direction at least. There was a lot happening, there were a lot of games, and and I'm sorry, I hope I didn't leave you out in the lurch too much. So I sent out a tweet, told you which games were big, which games were not big, and I hope it helped you out a little bit. But I told you, I, I went away last last Monday night, alright, we, uh, we, we t- took my family skiing for the first time ever. Took them skiing, and uh, that was a great time. We'll get to that in a second. But we left on Monday night, and I wanted to make sure I at least put out a couple of shows, all right? We, you know, a couple of interviews that I was able to tape in advance and put out for you guys on Tuesday and Wednesday. Actually had another one to put out for Thursday, but it became dated with, with all the DeMar Hamlin stuff that took place on Monday. So I was going to have shows for you essentially Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday last week. But it ended up just being Tuesday, Wednesday. So uh, that was unfortunate. Like I said, it, it just it became dated because of the DeMar Hamlin stuff. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed what I was able to put together last week. We had good NBA conversation with, uh, with one of my favorite hosts out there, Justin Termini from SiriusXM NBA Radio. And had a great conversation with our pal Chris Van Vliet out there uh, on the West Coast, uh, who's, I mean, he is terrific. So go back and you check those out if you want to catch some really good stuff, really good interviews, and of course on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Zaslow Show. Now, we're, we're back to the live action. So I saw everything that took place last week. You know, the Panthers, I, I was following, what was it, I followed a couple Panther games and I watched one. We got back, actually, we got back this morning, took the red eye. First time I've ever taken, uh, no, second time, because the first time I ever went to Vegas, and we're talking 20 years ago, first time I ever went to Vegas, took the red eye back, sucks balls, the red eye's terrible, I slept for maybe 90 minutes on the flight last night, and that's that's kind of why, you know, the show is dropping a little bit later than it normally does today, so I apologize for that. But I had to obviously get in a couple of hours of sleep. So we did that this morning, uh, and then we're getting the show going. So uh, we took the red eye back last night. Red eye sucks. No way around it. But we left. But but I, I was able to see the Dolphin game yesterday. Yes, that's where I was going. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. But I was able to catch the Dolphins yesterday. I was able to catch the Panthers yesterday. I was able to catch the Heat yesterday. And, and how about this? So twice while I was away... You know, the Heat on this West Coast trip, the game in Los Angeles against the Lakers, which they lost, uh, embarrassing game, and the game in Phoenix, which they won on Friday last week, were both on ESPN, so I was able to watch those games out there in Utah, and how about this? How about the luck of this? Now, granted, I would have went to a sports bar yesterday afternoon, and I, I would have found, you know, I would have went somewhere that was showing the Dolphin game because of NFL Sunday Ticket, but... Dolphins-Jets was the regional game in that area of the country. So we were able to just chill in the townhouse that we were at 
And I watched the Dolphins game yesterday and then watched the Panthers. Terrible. And then watch and then watch the Heat. Very disappointing finish. We're gonna get to all that stuff. So I caught everything last week, starting with the DeMar Hamlin stuff. What that happened. So we were at we were at our gate getting ready to take off. And I'm kind of following the Monday night football. Bills, Bengals, you know, there's a lot riding on it. And there hasn't been a scoring update or, or, or an update to the plays in, in like five minutes. Something's going on here. And then I could actually see from a distance because I could see a bar at, at Fort Lauderdale International Airport, not too far from the gate where we are. And I see that there's an ambulance on the field. I'm like, oh, 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 shit. This is so bad. And then, sorry, I was taking a sip of coffee. And then... My son shows me on his phone. My older son shows me on his phone what happened. Uh, I was, I was horrified. So so far this season, we had two of the worst, you know, injury situations, if you will, happen during the game. Two of the worst that we've ever seen. Uh, uh, horrifying. Demar Hamlin. Last Monday, a week ago tonight, and I, I mean, it, like, I, I thought he was dead on the field. And of course, Tua, who I, I I thought he was paralyzed on the field, and I never seen anything like that with the fingers. Two of the worst injuries, injury situations I've ever seen during a sporting event have taken place this NFL season. So. I'll get to the DeMar Hamlin stuff. I'll get to a little bit more of it. But like I said, I I was up to speed with everything while we were in Utah. I was able to see everything. The Heat, the Panthers, all the big NFL games. We're going to have our our Week 18 NFL rundown, of course, brought to us by Brunt Insurance. That's coming up in a little bit here. We got the playoff scenario. You got the national championship tonight. I do want to mention real quick about DeMar Hamlin, though. So, of course, throughout the... I mean... Obviously, it's the worst situation that DeMar Hamlin has ever dealt with, but he seems like the kind of kid who doesn't see it that way. He seems like the kind of kid, because of, of the things he's been saying, where this is God's plan, and, and you know, he, he seems like the kind of kid who is really going to not capitalize. That's not the word I'm looking for. Who, who is going to be able to use this situation, be able to use this experience in an incredibly positive fashion. You've had all the stories throughout the week about him, and he seems like a great kid. A great dude. Which, from that aspect of it, is really terrific that we get to highlight what a great young man this is because you know look god forbid you don't want, you don't want this type of thing to happen to any of these players but it seems like it happened to a great great kid who now we all know about and we, we get to know what he's about and and the things that he does off the field and you know the the, the toy drive which he wanted $3500 was the goal and the last i checked it was at 8 million now because of what took place. 
That's some weird stuff, right? You know, I've been through this before. We talked about this kind of stuff in several different instances. But when you're talking about what you believe and, and, you know, there being a higher being and fate and, and, and all that type of stuff. You have this that happened to a kid who really seems to be trying to do a lot of good in the world. And, and as a result of this situation, which he, he has fought through now, still in critical condition, but apparently progressing magnificently. And, you know, if you believe that type of stuff, God chose him, you know, and, and now for someone who, who wants to help kids, $8 million has now been raised, you know, for, for this, this charity, this, this uh, toy drive that he runs. Really weird stuff like that, you know, depending on what you believe. And, and, and then you see this, that th- this is the kind of kid who seems to be able to spread great messages. Just seems kind and seems like his head and his heart are in the right place. And that is a positive that has come out of this DeMar Hamlin situation where we get to highlight this really kind person. And we get to see the humanity from his teammates, from from the fans, not just in Buffalo, but from all over, the players all over the league. And, and, and everyone really just coming together over the last week in support of this kid. And then, you know, you got... In the Bills game, where the op- and Dolphin fans, hey, we're all watching it, man. We're watching it. We're rooting hard for the Bills because you know f the Patriots. But we're watching it. We're rooting hard for the Bills. Which, by the way, this weekend, Dolphins Bills, the entire world is rooting against the Dolphins. The entire world, and 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 you know, makes sense because the Bills kind of feel like team of destiny now. You know, and everyone wants the Bills to keep playing and to keep you know. Moving forward so we can continue this story of winning for DeMar Hamlin. The entire world's rooting against the Dolphins. We're the only, like, we're the, ba- we are the bad guys. We're the bad guys. And, and as Dolphin fans, we are especially the bad guys because we are rooting against the Bills. What? How could you root against DeMar Hamlin's team? Yeah, we're the bad guys. We're the bad guys this weekend. But understood. We understand that that's the case. So, anyway. Depending on what you believe... Or what you don't believe in. And I've already been through this a million times. Like, I always go back to the... When, after Jose died. After Jose Fernandez died. And you got D. Gordon. Who, you know, was like Jose's best friend on the team. He's got no home runs on the season. He's not a power hitter. He decides to go up there. And he crushes a home run in the opening at bat of the game. First at bat of the game. First game after Jose Fernandez's death crushes the home run, not just the home run his first of the season, but into the upper deck. And D. Gordon has no business hitting that ball, not only out of the not, not only into the stands, but into the upper deck. No business whatsoever. And and I remember watching it live and I'm I'm crying my eyes. I'm hysterical. And I'm I'm not someone who cries. I'm hysterical crying as D. Gordon is rounded the bases. And I don't believe in that kind of stuff, man. And then something like that happens, and and you're like, what 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 just happened? What did I just watch? And that's kind of how that's 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 what happened with the Bills game this weekend. And we're gonna get to more of it during the NFL rundown, but the Bills hadn't had a kickoff return for a touchdown in three and a half years. 
and they take the opening kickoff to the house? It's very tough to to put your finger on it. It is. If you don't believe in that type of stuff, which I I don't, it's very difficult to be able to grasp how that could possibly have happened if you don't believe in that type of stuff. You second guess all that, you know? So, uh, just an incredible scene. And it felt good for the Bills fans for, for that one moment because then, because, you know, screw them. <laughs> we're, we're the bad guys this weekend. We are. We're the bad guys, man. We are the only ones who are not rooting for the Bills. But the great part is we do get to root against the Bills. We do get to root, against, root for the Dolphins this weekend. I watched the Dolphin game yesterday. Of course, I was in Utah, like I said. Spent the week with my family skiing in Park City, which, by the way, I'm, I'm kind of like a professional skier. If I could say this real quick. So we went skiing, and it's our first time. My boy's first time. My wife hadn't been skiing in 20 years. I hadn't been skiing. I've been skiing one time in my life, 20 years ago. And I was terrible. And, and, and it was, like, I think I went down the slope one time. I was in Montreal. I, I was 20 or 21 years old. I think I went down the slope one time, had a little bit of trouble, then eventually did my, make my way down the slope. Uh, it felt very dangerous because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I was like, F this, I'm done. Uh, this is this is not safe for me. Because I didn't do lessons, I didn't do any of that. So we did ski school, the four of us. My boys had never been skiing. And if I could focus on myself for a second here, I, I felt so good about myself with the skiing because for the first time in forever, I used to be really athletic. Look, I can go out there, I can still throw a football really great. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, I, I play baseball catch with my sons. My throwing sucks now. Like, I just, I just don't have control of the ball the way that I used to. And basketball, it, it's an embarrassment. Like, sometimes I'll have it go. I used to be a great basketball player. But now it's like I've never played before. It's really embarrassing. But I felt so good with the skiing because for the first time in forever, I felt athletic again. Like, I, I, look, did I, I fell a total probably three times over the week. Um, but whatever, that, that doesn't sound like, three times, that doesn't sound like a lot. And I, I did great. I picked it up very fast in the ski school and we went right up those mountains. It was awesome. And for the first time in forever, I felt athletic again. So I had a fantastic time skiing. My, my wife never felt once. She was great. And my boys, terrific job, especially for first time skiing. We're now a skiing family. We're going to go every year. We're going to go back at the end of this year or beginning of next year, whatever it is. Uh, my boys did fantastic. They, they struggled the first time down. The, they went to ski school, of course. First time down the mountain. Uh, they Well, my younger one struggled in a very big way the first time down the mountain. Then I said, no, no, I'm going to go up with you now. Because what happened was our first time, uh, you know, we went to ski school the one day. And then the next day, we go up the mountain. And then the first time down the mountain, the four of us are going at the same time. And we're doing the easiest one, all right? We're doing the easiest mountain. Although it's still, like, if you don't know where you're doing it, it ain't easy. But so we're going down the mountain. And my younger son, he's falling. He cannot do anything. But my older son is flying down the mountain. I'm like, all right, I got to go chase him, you know? So I'm going after him. My wife is staying with my younger one. But the second time up, I, I told my younger, listen. I'm going to stay with you this whole time. He didn't fall once. I don't think he fell the rest of the week. So I was super proud of him. He was really happy with himself. He was able to do it when it looked like it was going to be a disaster. My older one was fantastic also. We had such a great time. If you've never been skiing, I highly recommend it. 
We're now a skiing family. So Park City, Utah, what an awesome time. Uh, it was really cold, but we were dressed appropriate. You know, if you go, you, you can look at the pictures, add Sazlo J on Instagram. I'm an influencer, but whatever. And you can go and check out the pictures there. We had such a great time. Uh, uh, snowmobiles, tubing, but skiing. Oh, man, skiing is so much fun. Skiing's great. All right, but we, we got, we got, oh, and another thing I got to add as well. So being out on the West Coast, it was mountain time. So two hours behind. Really weird when you're in a different time zone. But I'll tell you what's money. Sports out West. Like last night. And we took a red eye. So our flight was at midnight last night. So we, we had the whole day and night to kill before we go to the airport. Sunday night football, Packers-Lions, was over at 9 p.m. The Dolphin game started at 11 a.m. The Heat, I'm watching the Heat on ESPN in the middle of the week against the Lakers, against the Suns. It's a 10 p.m. You know, West Coast game here in Miami, here in South Florida. I'm watching the game out there, 8 p.m. start time. Oh, the West Coast times? And like I said, we were in mountain time zone. But the, the, the time zone out West for sports? Money. Oh, that, that was so good. I love that. I love that. You got hockey games. You got NBA games that are starting at 5 p.m.? What a pleasure. Uh, you may want to consider this moving out West just for sports. That, that may be reason enough. I don't know. I don't know. So that was awesome. Anyway, like I said, we're going to get to the Heat. Panthers. Oh, suck. Terrible. So, before we get to the NFL rundown, we got a lot of Dolphin stuff to get to here, of course. That, that's why you're listening. Like, I gotta hear what's... I missed Sazzle the entire week. I gotta hear what he... I missed him talk uh, about Damar Hamlin. I missed him talk about, you know, the Heat losing the Lakers. He, he didn't tell us big game, not a big game. All right, your boy's back. We're here. Everybody take it easy. Everybody settle down. So, going into the game, like... The idea of relying on Skylar Thompson to make the postseason, and then when when it's obviously, it, it's going to be, if you make the playoffs, it's going to be at Buffalo. Like, relying on Skylar Thompson to make the postseason is so dumb. And to wind up, and they didn't back in. They needed to win. They needed a little bit of help. So they didn't back in. But getting into the playoffs by winning an 11-6 game, which somehow was not Scorigami. Getting into the playoffs by winning an 11-6 game is so stupid. I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo yesterday, all right? The game was brutal, but it's not as if, you know, they, they had won uh, uh, four in a row, then lost the game, and then put themselves in a position where they had to win the final week to get into the postseason. Like, wow, this is how we get it. No, I'm not going to poo-poo the win yesterday because they had lost five in a row. And winning 11-6, I don't care what the score is. After losing five in a row, win a game, whatever the score is, to get to the playoffs, you're happy about that. You feel good about this. So I'm, I'm definitely not going to poo-poo that situation. I'm not going to poo-poo. I'm not going to poo-poo. I'm not going to poo-poo getting into the playoffs. But I will tell you, getting into the playoffs by a score of 11-6 is so stupid. But anyway, that game was brutal. Skylar Thompson stunk. Like, like that's why relying on Skylar Thompson against the playoffs, it just seems, it's, what the hell are we doing? And, and this comes, you know, after, you know, what we talking about the week before, and Bridgewater got hurt, and Thompson has to go, like, Skylar Thompson, to me, for the most part, does not look like an NFL quarterback. And you could easily see, now, 
He didn't make any mistakes. I don't even remember if there was a ball that like should have been intercepted or was almost intercepted. In that sense, he did a terrific job. Did not make mistakes. But he clear the game was such a bore. He clearly does not trust what he sees. They didn't take any chances downfield. The one time he took a chance downfield, his arm got hit as he threw it, and Gesicki happened to be in the right place at the right time to catch that, that duck. It was quacking all the way 30 yards in the air. The only time that he decided to go deep. He clearly doesn't trust what he's seeing out there. You can't wait for the receiver to be open, especially against a very good Jets defense. And, and I know Sauce Gardner got hurt toward the end, but that, that Jets defense is really good. You're not going to have guys open. Everybody know, knows the old adage, right? You got to th- throw the receiver open. And Skyward Thompson was never doing that. He never trusted what he saw. And it was brutal to watch. And the holding on to the ball. Uh, so, Skylar Thompson stunk, but I did feel good for him at the end of the game. Like He was so happy because the reality of it is, you got this third-string rookie quarterback who, you know, the fan base, myself included, hey, you got to keep him on the team, you got to fight. Like, we're fighting to keep this guy on the team. And the Dolphins' entire season, their playoff hopes, came down to him winning the final game of the season. He didn't make mistakes. So however they wound up winning that game, and he put them in position for Jason Sanders, and we'll get to him, for Jason Sanders to have a shot late in the game, they wind up winning the game, and you saw him jumping up and down. He stunk, but I, I, I felt really good for him. I did. Good for him. Good for, good, for, good for Skyward Thompson. But if we could talk about this weekend real quick, if it is Skylar Thompson starting this weekend at Buffalo, Sunday 1 p.m., if it is Skylar Thompson starting this weekend at Buffalo, we have no chance. No chance. They're going to get smoked this Sunday afternoon in Buffalo. Absolutely no chance. And it's not even, that's not even speaking down about the Dolphins. That's giving proper respect to Buffalo. It's giving proper respect to what's probably the best team in the AFC and would have been the number one overall seed if they ended up play, they were able to play the game against Cincinnati last week. It's giving the proper respect to that team where maybe the best team in the NFL is playing a Dolphin team this weekend who right now is in line to start their third string quarterback. Amidst all kinds of other injuries as well. How can you not think that maybe the best team in the NFL is going to smoke a team who just got off a five-game losing streak and is starting their third-string quarterback? Like, before going into the season, everybody thought Buffalo, they had the cream of the crop in the AFC East and maybe the entire NFL. If that team is going to face a wild-card team starting their third-string rookie quarterback. How do you not think that the Bills are going to blow Team X out? So it's it's not about being... It, it's, it's not even so much about the Dolphins, who have just had an incredible string of bad luck here and feel like they're snake-bitten with injuries. Raheem Mostert is likely out. He's got a broken thumb. They're snake-bitten, it feels like, with injuries. But with such a promising season... I'm texting friends, Super Bowl? Question mark. Now, like, an incredible amount of adversity. They barely get into the playoffs, and they're just not healthy. 
if arguably the best team in the NFL, Buffalo, is facing a team in Buffalo, wild card weekend, who is starting a third string rookie quarterback. How can you not think Buffalo is going to smoke that team? I think it's going to be really ugly if it's Skylar Thompson. Now, maybe Teddy Bridgewater. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, you got an outside shot of winning the game. Outside shot. Because still, injuries all, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Teron Armstead. And then you got the right tackle situation. You got an outside shot if it's Bridgewater, who we don't know if he can throw a football. And then you got Tua. Who the Dolphins are not ruling out. I'm sure they're hoping he's going to play. I think there's no chance he plays. I think it's such a bad look. I think there's a lot of pressure on the doctors. And there's a lot of pressure on the Dolphins. Now I want him to play. If doctors clear him, I want the Dolphins to allow him to play. But you'll remember, like this happened with the Heat last year, right? With Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris was cleared by doctors. And the Heat still wouldn't let him play. Because <laughs> the Heat, they... They, they don't want, they didn't want that on their hands. They were not ready to let Marquise Morris play, even though doctors cleared him. Now, I know it was a little bit more complicated than that, but that, that's the general picture of what happened. And not just Tua having multiple concussions, but coming off the heels of DeMar Hamlin, I don't think the Dolphins, I don't think the Dolphins are going to put him out there. I don't, I don't think that doctors are going to put him out there. But, but then again, that's not a judgment call from doctors. It, it, it's, it's a scientific situation. If he passes these protocols, he's cleared to play. It's not like, oh, okay, but I don't know. Do I want to clear him because of what happened with DeMar Hamlin last week? That's not how it works with the doctors. So then it's going to fall into the Dolphins' hands. And that scenario can certainly come into play whether or not the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel want to play too. Is, uh, we, we just don't think it's a good idea. I don't think the Dolphins are going to put him out there. Especially with all the criticism that the Dolphins got the first time that they played Buffalo and Tua stumbled and then he did come out in the second half and the Dolphins took that ass. I don't think the Dolphins are going to play him. I hope they do. And we already had this conversation last week. We already talked about this last week or a week and a half ago, whatever it was. I'm not going to apologize if doctors clear Tua. I'm not going to apologize wanting him to play. If doctors clear Tua, U.S. fans do not have to apologize wanting Tua to play this weekend. I want him to play. I hope he does. I hope they win. Why? I'm a Dolphin fan. Been a Dolphin fan. Yeah, I'm, 40, I'm 42 years old later this month. Been a Dolphin fan for, we're talking about 36, 37 years then. Not going to apologize for being a Dolphin fan. And the Dolphins' best chance of winning a playoff game is with Tua. Not going to apologize for wanting him to play. Not going to apologize for being a Dolphin fan. You don't have to apologize either. But if it's Skylar Thompson who's starting this weekend, like, come on. You can feel good about making the playoffs for the first time since 2016 and also still acknowledge that this team has no shot if Skylar Thompson is starting. They have no shot. They just scored nine. I know the Jets' defense is good. They just scored nine points. They just had three field goals. Didn't even come close to score in a touchdown. They just had nine points against the Jets who had nothing to play for. They're not going to Buffalo and winning this game with Skylar Thompson. They have an outside shot with Bridgewater. Skylar Thompson's not, he, he's not a capable NFL quarterback, at least not right now. Bridgewater is. I don't love him, 
but he's a capable NFL quarterback. Outside chance that Bridgewater can go. And they absolutely have a shot if Tua can play. So like I said, you can feel good about making the playoffs for the first time in six seasons, but also acknowledge they have no shot if it's Skylar Thompson against Buffalo. No shot. And it's not its not even a knock on Thompson. I mean, it is, of course, but it's not as much about Thompson in that spot as much as y- you have to understand you can't beat a team like Buffalo in the playoffs with a third-string rookie quarterback. It's okay to... You're not a better Dolphin fan if you always think they're going to win. You're just a dope. You're allowed to be realistic. You're allowed to sound somewhat intelligent if you can understand the Bills are not going to lose to third-string rookie quarterback in the postseason. And then, you know, bringing it back to DeMar Hamlin and all the higher power stuff and what you believe in. You think the Bills, you think they're losing a third-string rookie quarterback? Like, if you believe in that kind of stuff, if you believe that, you know, uh, Naheem Hines on the kickoff is getting a little extra push from behind, if you believe that Team of Destiny type stuff, you believe they're losing a third-string rookie quarterback? First round home? Come on. Everyone's ruined against us this weekend. We, we are the bad guys. Embrace it. We are the bad guys this weekend. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel's big story from the game on Sunday. And going into the game, I'm so aggro. Like, I don't know if this is where it started. But Armando Salguero, who's fantastic. I, I know he's, uh, you know, a lot of people, he's, he's kind of a lightning rod. A lot of people don't like him. Uh, a lot of fans. But uh, he's excellent. Nobody covers the Dolphins. I think he covers more overall NFL now because he's without kick. But nobody, nobody over the years covers the Dolphins better than him. Been covering them for like 30 years. He's terrific, no matter what you think of him personally. And I think it was it was kind of aggregated, like this line from Salguero was kind of aggregated everywhere, and I got a bunch of headlines, and then all of a sudden you have uh, uh, Mike McDaniel might not survive his rookie seeds. Like, that is such bullshit. The Mike McDaniel hot seat rumors are such bullshit. Firing a coach after the first year, like, they fired Cam Cameron after the first year. You go 1-15, you get fired. You don't get, no matter how many mistakes you make throughout the season, no matter how good a roster the general manager gave you, no matter how much money the owner spent, you don't get fired after your first year. I don't care how many games in a row you lost toward the end of the year. You don't get fired after your first year. When you're above 500, you make the playoffs, and your main objective, your main job, was to find out if you have a franchise quarterback, and that we did. There is 0% chance that Mike McDaniel were to get fired. Even if they lost that game yesterday, there is no chance Mike McDaniel was getting fired. You found out you had a quarterback that was by far the most important thing. They had a chance yesterday going into the final game to make the postseason. They did. And this still came on the heels of being without their franchise quarterback for five games this year. Think about that. Rookie head coach 
whose main job, like Mike McDaniel's main job when, when he got this job this year, Mike McDaniel's main job was not make the playoffs. Mike McDaniel's main job was to find out if Tua Tonga-Vailoa is the franchise quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. His main job was not to make the playoffs. It was to find out about Tua. I'm not trying to say Mike McDaniel was a perfect coach, because, I I mean, I'm going to bring some criticism here in a second. But Mike McDaniel gets passing grades easily this year, his rookie season. Easily. His job was not to make the playoffs. His job was to find out about Tua. Like, there's, there's a big picture. There's a long-term plan. And year one of the rookie head coach, they make the playoffs, found out they have a starting quarterback, and we're still without him. Oh, forget all the other injuries throughout the season. Still made the playoffs without their franchise quarterback for five games this year. Yeah. Mike McDaniel gets passing grades as a rookie head coach. For sure. For sure. So that really bothered me going into the game. But I did think Mike McDaniel had a very uneven game yesterday. Very uneven. And that starts with, what was it, their first drive of the game, right? First drive of the game. They're at midfield. Well, it was like fourth and two or whatever it was. And Mike McDaniel decides to go for it. And, to, and he ended up having Skyward Tops, like he hung on to the ball and fourth down and, and just, you know, they, 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 I don't even remember how the play ended, but they didn't pick it up. Everybody knows that. So now, in a game that you know is going to be low scoring, in a game that you know the Jets, Joe Flacco, they're going to struggle to score. They haven't scored a touchdown in like 20 some odd quarters going into the game. I think it was 22 or 23. You're best served playing a little bit of field position game. When you got Skylar Thompson, rookie third-string quarterback, against this Jets team at starting Joe Flacco, which, by the way, boy, they've given up on Zach Wilson, huh? Zach Wilson was healthy, right? He was the backup, and Joe Flacco can't do anything back there, and they're not going to Wilson. He will not be on the team next year, Zach Wilson. Boy, they have big bust. Big bust. But Mike McDaniel deciding to go for fourth down there, and it's like, oh, Zazzle, he's been doing that all year. Like, that, he's, he's sticking to, you know, that's his personality. He's sticking to the game plan. No, no, no. You can't have the same game plan when you have your third-string rookie quarterback. You can't have the same game plan when you're without the guy who's been leading the league in a bunch of categories at quarterback throughout the season. You can't have the same game plan when you're going up against a Jets team that cannot move the football. You got to adjust. And I know that's been a big point of emphasis from the fan base during that five-game losing streak was that McDaniel wasn't adjusting. That, to me, was, was a case of McDaniel being too stubborn and not adjusting. You got to adjust there. Your quarterback situation is different, and you got to adjust to who's playing on the other side of the football. That was, that, I thought that was a poor job by McDaniel. They should have punted there. And that's not, look, that's not 2020. That's not hindsight, okay? He should have punted instead of playing the game as if Tua is there. Tua's not there. You can't play the game the same way. So that that was front. Now they ended up stopping him. They get the ball back. But what ended up happening was 
because you went for it there. The Jets now were the ones who were winning the field position game, and they pinned the Dolphins back inside the 10. Maybe it was inside the 5. Now, Skyward Thompson had a nice little drive there. Bad snap killed what was a promising drive, and then you're getting into the field position game. So, and this happened again. You know, what was it? The first, I think it was the first drive of the third quarter, right? McDaniel goes for fourth again at midfield. They ended up converting there. All right, that was the running play, off tackle, uh, the pitch, and they wind up converting there. Okay, all right. But I, I, that was an area to me where Mike McDaniel, you got to adjust. And he didn't adjust. Now, there was a play later in the game where finally he decided to punt, right? What was it? Uh, I, think it was on, I think it was on the possession that Gesicki caught the duck from Skylar Thompson. They still ended up having a punt. There was probably a penalty thrown in there somewhere. And finally, maybe because it was early in the fourth quarter, finally McDaniel decided to punt in that spot. So, I think McDaniel, without question, gets passing grades this year. Not even close. But that doesn't mean he's without his flaws. Now, if a rookie quarterback, God knows we saw it with two of the first couple years, if a rookie quarterback, or take whatever other position, important position you want, in any sport. If a rookie player is going to make mistakes and can get better year two as they get more experience, why wouldn't we believe that a coach can do that as well? So for the people who don't like McDaniel or want him out, because I'm seeing it on social media. Oh, Zaslow, nobody wants him fired. Go check out some of my mentions. For people who want McDaniel out, For all the things that he did right this year, most importantly, Tua, for all the things that he did right this year, you don't think that he can improve to year two, to year three, to year four? Like, why why does he have to be, like, why does he have to be the total package at at head coach right from the get-go? Why wouldn't you assume that he's going to get better? I mean, hey, look, I've made a ton of fun of Dan Campbell. Just a meatball. But kind of got to give him a lot of credit, right? Year number two as a head coach, you look what he's doing. Kind of got to give him a lot of credit. And that dude's a meatball. So I'd have to figure for a really smart guy like Mike McDaniel, the things that you can be critical of and the things that he didn't do well of this year can't get better in year two, year three, year four. Come on. Got to give the defense a lot of credit there yesterday, too. I'm really worried about Xavier Howard. Like, there are times out there, Xavier Howard looks washed. And he may be playing with injuries, but this is not the same player. Like, Xavier Howard gets picked on. It's happened all throughout this year. Xavier Howard gets picked on. And, I mean, he, he, he had a really tough day yesterday. Really tough day. But made a huge stop. The defense in general made Xavier Howard... Great breakup late in the game. Uh, defense ends up making the big stop. They get the good field position. And then we get to Jason Sanders. So for a Dolphin defense that loves giving up the big drive at the end of the game, they played, for the most part, played well throughout the game and came up with the huge stop. Because, well, it's the possession before that, right? Where Xavier Howard got beat badly on third down. Cater Kohu, very costly pass interference. Defense came up big on that final drive to put the Dolphins in a position to get the good field position, see if the Dolphins can make a couple throws, get a couple big runs, which they did, and put Jason Sanders in position to win the game. 
I take nothing back that I said about Jason Sanders. None of it. It's all deserved. It was all deserved. But how about that? Now, you can't tell me. You guys are listening to Zaslow Show 2.0 right now, and you're saying to yourself, Zaslow, I, I was not confident whatsoever in Jason Sanders' lineup for that 51-yard field goal. Nobody was. Nobody was confident. It's going to make me sick if he missed that. You think I was... I don't want to be right in that spot. I love being right. Let's be honest. I love being right. But I don't want to be right in that spot. I thought I was going to be right, but I don't want to be right. I like being wrong in that spot. Felt good for Jason Sanders, too. I don't want him to suck. I don't want him to miss. I don't want to be right in that spot. But I take back nothing that I said about Jason Sanders. He went out there and he did his job. And he even said, by the way, I owed the guys one. Like, what do you... What do you think that meant? So, great clutch kick. One of the great clutch kicks. I don't know. In How many clutch kicks? How many kicks bigger than that has the Dolphin fan been through over the last 10, 15, 20 years? Great job by Jason Sanders. He stinks, but he came through in a very big spot. I was going to be sick. If he missed that, I, was, I didn't want him to miss that. I wasn't going to like being right. I was going to be sick. If you're sick, you got to call doctors on call 365, all right? South Florida's urgent care that comes to you. I've been telling you about doctors on call 365 for a while now. Why do I love doctors on call 365? Because when I wasn't feeling well, my son wasn't feeling well either. I call doctors on call 365. I'm going to get someone on the phone right away. I don't have to try and make an appointment with my doctor. I don't have to go to the emergency room and wait there for hours. I don't have to go to the urgent care, and I'm going to wind up sitting there for hours as well. No. Doctors on call 365, I'm going to get them to come to my house that day. I don't have to leave my home. If you want them to come out to your office, wherever you are, the convenience of having the doctor come to you, and I'm talking COVID test, flu test, strep test, uh, you need blood drawn, you need IV fluids, vitamin therapy, doctors on call 365, and you got to ask yourself, what's, what's the price you wouldn't pay? Uh, the convenience to have the doctor come to you rather than have to sit in that emergency room. Now, there's Sir Broward County, uh, Palm Beach County, Miami-Dade, that's right. Right now, there's self-pay, but what you would pay out of pocket your copay at urgent care or or the emergency room, it's going to be more than you would pay to have doctors on call 365 to come to your home and treat you. Listen, don't wait. If you're not feeling well, call right now. 786-577-9302. Doctors on call 365.com. Again, 786-577-9302. So, game was super painful to watch, but there is an aspect of it, and like, you like you, you you like being in those situations as a fan. You like that playoff scenario. We never get it. We so rarely get it as Dolphin fans. So even though that game that game sucked, it was a brutal game. Um, but every every play mattered. Every play counted. It was a close game. Felt like a playoff game. I don't know what this weekend's going to look like. I kind of do know what it's going to look like if it's Skylar Thompson. We're going to get smoked. Like I said, if it's Bridgewater, outside chance. I'm hoping to a place. If Tua plays, got a shot, but I, it's it's very it's very tough to believe that Tua is going to be cleared. Very tough to believe they have a shot at Buffalo without him. And I, I, again, I want to emphasize: 
I'm not going to feel bad, and you as a Dolphin fan do not have to feel bad wanting to at a play. You know, you're a Dolphin fan, and he, he's a grown professional football player. Nobody's forcing him to do anything. And if doctors allow him, if doctors give him the clearance, I want him to play. I hope he plays. So you, I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to apologize for being a Dolphin fan. You don't have to apologize for that. You don't have to apologize for being a Dolphin fan. But it's very tough to believe if, that, that they have a chance this weekend in Buffalo without him. And, and look, it's not like this Dolphin team has handled, like you got a ton of adversity. You're going to Buffalo, third string quarterback. All right, can you power through? It's not like this team has handled adversity very well this year. They've handled adversity pretty poorly this year. Yesterday was the first game in five that they've won without Tua this year. You know, in the midst of that five-game uh, losing streak, the coach get a lot of criticism for, you know, adjustments or what have you. This team has not handled adversity well. It's not like they've imploded, but they haven't been able to overcome. And the only reason they were able to overcome yesterday, they were playing a Jets team that is starting Joe Flacco and going into the game. Hadn't scored a, a touchdown in 22, 23 some odd drives. I think maybe earlier I said uh, quarters, which would have been a touchdown. Hadn't scored a touchdown in like five or six games. That's crazy. It's 22 or 23 some odd drives, I think it was, going into the game. So that's that's like two games or, you know, uh, almost two games worth. I think I said that wrong earlier. But anyway, uh, it just feels like the team's snake bitten. So you're, you're, you're glad that you got a chance this weekend to watch some Dolphin playoff football. But overall, the takeaways from the game, uh, Skylar Thompson stunk, but didn't make mistakes, and it felt good for him that he ends up getting the win. Jason Sanders, I like being wrong about that. He came through in a very big way. And Mike McDaniel, who I did not think had a great game, but and that challenge, by the way, what the F was that? What kind of challenge was that? It, it may have been the worst, I don't want to use hyperbole, but it may have been the worst challenge I've ever seen. He had a very uneven game. He did win a huge challenge in the fourth quarter. One that helped set up what would end up being the game-winning drive for the Dolphins, where they ended up having a punt. Uh, and it was his first challenge win of the year. Oh, my God. He's bad at those challenges, man. He is bad at those. McDaniel's a huge story coming out of the game as well. They end up surviving. They end up making the postseason. But for me, going into this year, Mike McDaniel's number one job was not make the playoffs. Making the playoffs is a bonus for Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins this year. Mike McDaniel's number one job was to find out about Tua. And we did. Now, it's not. It's still not a great scenario. And there's nothing Mike McDaniel could do about the injury situation, about Tua being able to stay on the field. But we found out about Tua. He's a big-time quarterback. And Mike McDaniel, that was his job. In his rookie year. It was not make the playoffs. Making the playoffs is a bonus. So for me, doesn't come without criticism. Doesn't come without mistakes. But Mike McDaniel absolutely gets passing grades in his rookie season. No matter what happens this weekend. No matter what. Alright. You know what time it is. So much took place this weekend in the National Football League. Let's get to our Week 18 NFL Rundown. Brought to us by Brunt Insurance. That's right. I've had my homeowner's insurance through Brunt Insurance for about 10 years now. I got the peace of mind knowing that, God forbid, something happens with my home. I don't have to come out of pocket with all that money. No, no, no. I'm covered. 
and that's because I use Brunt Insurance. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. And we're talking all of Florida, wherever you're listening right now, from Pensacola to the Keys and beyond. Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. They specialize in home, auto, life insurance if you need as well. Look, the market's very confusing out there. You can't just go all willy-nilly and try and pick something and say, hey, I'll cover my home. Give me some insurance. Here's my money. No, no, you can't do that. Let Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance sort all of it out for you. Fully licensed staff. They know, like I said, they're covering all of Florida. So wherever you're living right now, they know the area. Let them give you that peace of mind. God forbid something happens. They're going to take care of you because you've got the right insurance coverage. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage, maybe for your car, your motorcycle, your boat, you found the right place as well. All right. They got the expertise and the experience to find the right coverage for you. So again, let Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, let them take care of you so you don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. At social media, at Brunt Insurance. Bruntinsurance.com and again, 954-589-2204. I have been a happy customer. I got no issues. Been a customer for about 10 years now. I'm not taking my insurance anywhere else. I use Brunt Insurance. So there you go. You support the show. That means you also support Brunt Insurance. Let's get to it here. We'll start out with Saturday night's action, all right? You had two games on Saturday. I watched the games out there in Utah. That's right. Come on now. I love the early times for the games there out in the mountain mountain time zone. Chiefs, they took it to the Raiders all afternoon. Chiefs beat the Raiders 31-13. They end up locking up the number one seed there in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, ho-hum, 18 for 26, 202 yards. Yeah, Jared Stidham, 22 for 36, 219 yards, a touchdown, an interception. The Raiders finished 6-11. The Chiefs, 14-3. Saturday night, you know... Everyone gives shit to the Jaguar fans, deservedly so. That stadium was rocking on Saturday night. This was a fun game, a defensive type game. The Jaguars, they're down 16-13 in the, uh, you know, like latish in the fourth quarter. How about one of the biggest plays for the Jaguars, maybe in franchise history? It's a blitz, an all-out blitz. They hit him as he likes to go. The ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. That was cool as hell. What a play. The Jags end up hanging on. They win 20-16. to They lock up the AFC South with that win. They finish 9-8. and The Titans, their season is over. They finish 7-10. and Trevor Lawrence. 20 for 32, 212 yards and a touchdown. He he didn't have a big-time game, but he looks like a big-time quarterback. Christian Kirk, great signing by Jacksonville. Six catches, 99 yards and a touchdown. Again, that stadium, that was a fun atmosphere. Good for those folks in Duval. And you had Derrick Henry, 30 carries for 109 yards. Jags, they win the AFC South. And, of course, with nine wins, they are the number four seed. The Falcons beat the Bucks 30 to 17. Tom Brady didn't play the whole game. He was 13 to 17 for 84 yards and a touchdown. Rookie wide receiver for Atlanta, Drake London, six catches for 120. The Falcons finish seven and ten. The Bucks win that putrid NFC South at eight and nine. The Buffalo Bills. I mean, how about this game? The Dolphin fan, we're keeping an eye on this, right? 
I had the Bills Patriots on my iPad while we're in the townhome yesterday in Utah, and I'm watching Dolphins and Jets, obviously, on the big TV there. Opening kickoff for the game. Give it a listen. Five degrees here this afternoon as Folt puts his foot into the ball. It's going to be short. Fielded at the four by Hines. Coming straight up the middle to the 20. Cuts it back at the 25. He's got an alley down the right sideline to the 40. 50. Down to the 40. 35. 30. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. Naheem Hines. 96 yards. Run, run as fast as you can. You're not catching Hines. He's your end zone man. Buffalo on the board with the first play from scrimmage. Are you kidding me, Chris? They showed Josh Allen his arms on his head on the sideline. Sean McDermott, it appears, has tears rolling down his face. What a tribute to DeMar. This special teams unit, this kickoff return unit, set the tone for what today is going to be, and that's a celebration, a celebration of number three, DeMar Hamlin. And they started off just like that, running the opening kickoff, 96 What a scene the there house. in Buffalo. It was the first of two, two kickoff returns for touchdowns there for Naheem Hines. The Bills, this game was close for the most part. The Bills managed to pull away late. They win 35-23. Buffalo finishes 13-3. and They are the number two seed, and they force a scenario where you're going to have a neutral site game if it ends up being an AFC Championship game, Chiefs and Bills, because they were just one game apart, and the Bills, they couldn't get that one game. So uh, the Bills had to have that game. The Dolphins had to have that game. They needed a Patriots loss. They dropped to 8-9 for the season. Mac Jones, he sucks balls. He was 26-40 for 243 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. Josh Allen, 19 for 31. 254, three touchdowns and interception. Stephen Diggs, seven catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. Post game, here's Josh Allen talking a little bit about that divine intervention. So it's it's probably number one. It, it, it was it was just spiritual, and I just I was going around and I just I mean I was going around my team and saying God's real. Like you can't you can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. Love it. Love that stuff. Bills are, Bills are a team of destiny, right? We're the bad guys. Dolphin fans are the bad guys. We're the only people in the world rooting against the Bills this weekend in the playoffs. So uh, there you have it. Well, we're going to lean into it. Don't worry about that. Vikings beat the Bears 29-13. to they finished 13 and 4. They are the number 3 seed in the NFC. The Bears lock up the number 1 overall pick and we'll, we'll get to that in a second here. Kirk Cousins 17 to 20, 225 yards and a touchdown. He did not play the whole game. And again, the Bears with a little help from their old coach. There you lock up the number 1 overall pick in April's NFL draft. The Bengals, a 27-16 win at the Ravens. The Bengals having already clinched the AFC South they, uh, excuse me, AFC North, they needed this game because if they finished within a game of each other, since the Bengals played one fewer games because of the DeMar Hamlin situation, then even though the Bengals were AFC North champions, a coin flip would have determined where Cincinnati and Baltimore wildcard round would have been played. Uh, Cincinnati was not happy about this through the week. You can't blame them. Joe Burrow, 25 for 42, 215 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, 8 catches, 86 yards and a touchdown. So the Bengals, they lock up the number 3 seed. These teams are going to play again in Cincinnati next weekend. That's kind of cool. The Texans, 
They beat the Colts 32-31. to Jeff Saturday won his first game as interim coach, and they proceeded to lose the rest of them. You can't have a guy coach your team who's never been a coach. It's stupidity. And the Texans getting a field goal late, uh, excuse me, a touchdown late to make it 31-30. Lovey Smith, who knows he's going to get fired. And he was fired later that night. He says, F it. I'm taking that number one pick with me. They go for two. They get it. And they get it. Texans win 32-31. They finished 313-1. The Colts 4-12-1. And considering they didn't even wait for Black Monday today to fire him, they did it yesterday. They must have been so pissed about him going for two. They gave up the number one pick. Now, whoever they want at number two, you, you, would, you would assume it's going to be a quarterback. Dude may still be there. You know, at number one, Chicago, Justin Fields. Maybe they give him another shot. I don't know. Maybe they trade it to a team that wants a quarterback. I, I, I don't know. I can't predict the future. But the Texans must have been so pissed. Firing Lovey Smith later that night instead of even waiting for Black Monday. Wow. Moving on here. The Panthers, they beat the Saints 10-7. Both teams finished 7-10. Who the hell cares? The Steelers. The Steelers, you know, Mike Tomlin every year. I feel like people try and give reasons why Mike Tomlin is somehow not a good coach. Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach. He is incredible. And again, they, they fin- I think they won their last five games. They finished 9-8. and eight. They gave themselves a chance to make the playoffs with yesterday's 28-14 win over the Browns, who finished 7-10. and 10. And Mike Tomlin, 16 years now, never a losing season. Still, never a losing season. He's one of the all-time great coaches. Kenny Pickett, 13 for 29, 195 yards and a touchdown. Najee Harris, 23 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. Deshaun Watson, 19 to 29, 230 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. But the Steelers' season is over because the Dolphins won. The Broncos, a 31-28 win over the Chargers, who weren't playing for anything. The Broncos finished maybe the most disappointing team in the NFL at 5-12. The Chargers, though, they are locked in. At the number five seed, they won 10 games this year. Russell Wilson was 13 at 24 for 283 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Jerry Judy had five catches for 154. Justin Herbert, 25 at 37, 273 yards, and two touchdowns. I know Brandon Staley, the coach, is getting criticism because Mike Williams was carted off. Uh, I don't subscribe to that kind of stuff because you can get hurt at any game, any play, any practice. It's really unfortunate he got hurt, but I... I, I, you can't prevent injuries in this game. You just can't. The Eagles, they lock up the number one seed. It wasn't pretty. 22-16 in a game that they were favored by 16 and a half over the Giants. They hang on. They finished the number one seed, 14-3. The Giants, 9-7-1. They did not play most of their guys. Daniel Jones did not play most importantly. The Giants, they're locked into the number six seed. The Eagles clinch number one. Jalen Hurts, it was a struggle. 20 for 35, 229 yards and an interception. The 49ers, they finished the year 10 consecutive wins, 13-4. and four. They beat the Cardinals so bad that they fired Cliff Kingsbury today. The 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-13, the Cardinals 4-13. Brock Purdy hasn't lost as a starter. 15-20, 15-for-20, 178 yards and three touchdowns. The 49ers are the number two seed in the NFC, and they are—I I think the 49ers are going to win the NFC. The Seahawks— they remain alive. They needed to wait for Sunday Night Football with a 19-16 overtime win over the Rams. 9-8. They wind up clinching the number 7 seed 
while the Rams, most losses ever following a Super Bowl championship. They finished 5-12. and Geno Smith, 19 for 31, 213 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. Kenneth Walker, 29 carries for 114 yards. They were still, they were going to have to wait around the television, though, for Sunday Night Football to find out if they made the postseason. The Commanders, a 26-6 win over the Cowboys in a game that the Cowboys could have gotten the number one seed if everything worked out right for them, get smoked by the Commanders, who had nothing to play for. Commanders finished 8-8-1. and I think Rivera is going to be out. Cowboys finished 12-5. They are the number five seed, although they do have an advantageous matchup. They're going to Tampa and Tom Brady in the first round. And finally, Sunday night football. The Seahawks, they needed the Lions to win. So how about this? The Seahawks win, eliminating the Lions from the playoffs. But if the Lions beat the Packers, the Seahawks get in. That's a weird situation. So the Seahawks screwed the Lions, and now they need the Lions' help. Well, the Lions gave them the help. How about that? A 20-16 win over the Packers. The Lions finished 9-8. and eight. The Packers winning their in. They lost. Another big home loss for Aaron Rodgers at 8-9. That's a big so- story because Rodgers looking like it may be his final game. Looking like, sounding like he may not be playing anymore. Jamal Williams had 16 carries for 72 yards and two touchdowns. And give Jamal Williams, who everyone now is a fan of, a listen post-game. I'm grateful to be able to play this game for my great-grandfather, and I'm glad that he's looking down on me. I know I'm making him proud. You said this ball's for him? Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made, we the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked, their, picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I got to say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. How awesome is that? Everyone's a fan. That was cool as hell. What a shift in emotions. That dude's got good control of his emotions. So the Lions, they do the Packers dirty. And the Seahawks, they make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers in what could be his final game at Lambeau. 17-27, 205 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He he was not good. And uh, that right there is your Week 18 NFL Rundown. Again, presented by Brunt Insurance. Let them make sure your home is covered. Car, motorcycle, boat as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Wow, what a rundown. What a rundown. What a week 18. That was fun stuff. So here's what we got this weekend, all right? AFC, Miami at Buffalo. Baltimore at Cincinnati. They're going to play again. That's always funny, right? Los Angeles Chargers at Jacksonville. I think that's going to be a fun game. Chargers are definitely a live road team this weekend. And then Kansas City, they get the bye. In the NFC, Seattle at San Francisco. That's a big rivalry right there. You have to love San Francisco in that game. New York Giants at Minnesota. I think the Giants are a live road team in wildcard weekend at Minnesota. You can't figure out this Minnesota. Like, I feel like the Vikings are the worst 12-win team we've ever seen. What are the, the Vikings finish 12-5? and I, I think they were 12-5, and five, right? Vikings are a weird team. If you could figure them out, let me know. Uh, 13 and 4. Wow. That's that that's that's one of the weirdest 13 win teams ever. I think the Giants are a live road dog this weekend. Dallas at Tampa. This is a very favorable matchup for the Cowboys, but is it not the most Tom Brady thing ever that he finishes under 500 for the first time in his career? Still wins the division championship, still hosts a playoff game. 
And then you got Philadelphia, who is going to await the second round as they get the bye. And uh, and again, we got super wild card weekend. Oh, you know what? Let me give you the schedule here. I, I used to think the divisional round, the divisional round for me used to be the best weekend of the best NFL weekend. It's now super wild card weekend since they added the two games, they add the playoff team. Super wild card weekend is the best. So we have a tremendous weekend of football coming up. Saturday at 4.30 is first at Seattle, San Francisco. And then Saturday night, it's the LA Chargers at Jacksonville. Okay, all right. Sunday, first up, which definitely least favorable time slot, Miami Buffalo. And that's because they're telling you, yeah, we think Buffalo's going to smoke them. Buffalo's a 10.5 point favorite right now. Right now, okay. If Bridgewater plays, uh, that that line would move slightly. If Tua plays, that line would move significantly. So we'll see. Then you got New York Giants, Minnesota at 4.30 on Sunday. Sunday Night Football, Baltimore at Cincinnati. And Monday Night Football, Dallas, Tampa Bay. That's obviously huge. It's Tom Brady. It's America's team. That's going to get a monster number. And there you have it. That is the schedule coming up. Let's get into the heat here. So I watched, uh, yeah, watched most of the games. I only missed one game when I was away. I missed the game against the Clippers. I was keeping track of it, though, on my phone. But I saw the Laker game because it was an ESPN game, which 8 p.m. out there, Mountain Time. I saw the Suns game, which was an 8 p.m. out there, 8 p.m. game out there, Mountain Time. And I saw the game yesterday because I did not know that I was able to stream from my phone the Bally Sports app onto the TV in the townhouse where we were at. So I watched the whole Heat game yesterday against the Nets. Great game. I think overall, like that, that's what I was probably the most aggravated I've been all year that they lost that game yesterday because not that I was mad at them. I've been aggravated earlier this year because I'm mad at them. I was not mad at the Heat. I was just aggravated we didn't win that game because it felt like we played a great game. And I may be wrong about the Nets. Now, I'm not wrong about the Nets. I can admit when I'm wrong. I'm not wrong about the Nets in regards to they're not going to win the championship. They're not going to win anything because they're not. But they're not a bad defensive team. They're much better defensively than I, than I had thought. Overall, they're much better than I thought. Now, Kevin Durant's going to miss the next month. You can't complain about what happened, about the way he got hurt, because everybody knows Jimmy Butler, not dirty, definitely not intentional, really fluke play, is what it is. But I do think that team will struggle now with Kyrie Irving as the main guy. And Kyrie Irving, look, you got to give credit where credit's due. Like, I'm watching on the broadcast yesterday, and Karate, Karate made a good... Karate was first a little critical about the shot Kyrie took when the Heat were up by one late in that game. But then he also made a very good point. Excuse me. Which was... Kyrie Irving took a long three with seconds remaining in transition, which ended up missing. But Karate made a good point, which was, he's going to get double teamed. That's like, he's, he wants to shoot the ball there. He's likely, that's likely to be the best look he gets. So I thought that, and it's a makeable shot. I thought that was a great point by Karate. And I also thought it was the right shot by Kyrie Irving because not only was that the only good look he was going to get in that situation, and it's a very makeable shot for him, even though it's from way deep from three, but it gives you time. Like game wasn't tied. If the game's tied, you don't like that shot if you're the Nets. But down one, you do, because it gives you a chance for an offensive rebound, which they got, and they put it back in for the win. So it was the right play from Kyrie that also worked out. And then on the other end, Jimmy Butler gets absolutely mugged, and the Heat get hosed. I mean, just mugged. 
I mean, I know it's Royce O'Neal who, uh, you know, is known as the greatest defender, and there's no reason a guy like Jimmy Butler who gets the free throw line a thousand times should get any kind of respect. I mean, I understand that. I understand that. But Jimmy Butler got mugged on that final play. Not only was Royce O'Neal not straight up and down because he jumped into him, but he comes down on Jimmy with both hands. Gets mugged on that final play. And and Jimmy deserved so much better on that final possession because he didn't get, like, he didn't look to, to, to he wasn't going for the bailout where catch the ball, shoot the jumper, drove to the basket. O- almost scored, but definitely got fouled and got screwed by the officials. But we don't have to worry because when the NBA's two-minute report comes out today, it's going to say that they got it wrong, that Jimmy Butler was fouled, and then everyone's going to feel better, right? Then everything's going to be okay. Ah, I was so freaking pissed at the end of that game yesterday. The Heat played so well. But there are some takeaways from the road trip. Great road trip, 3-2. and two. Remember, I told you before the trip, you want to be 2-2? Two and two, You want to split the first two games? They did. You want to split the next two games? They did. Now, granted, if you win the game at the Clippers, you want to then win the game at the Lakers instead of putting up that dud of a performance, which they did. But again, it's Western Conference teams, so it doesn't affect your conference record. The point is going into that final game at Phoenix with a chance for an above 500 trip at 2-2, two and two, and they took advantage of it. Great road trip for the Heat. Uh, the Laker game was an abomination. But overall, that was a great road trip for the Heat. And I think it carried over in the game against Brooklyn because they played really well yesterday. But a couple of things. Number one, Bam has officially taken the next step. He's a big offensive player now. Now he's hurt. Didn't play the last, what, five minutes of the game yesterday? I like Orlando Robinson. I like that he's playing. Can't do dead men anymore. Can't do it. Gotta go Robinson. Bam took himself out, essentially. His hands bothering him. Now we know, remember he had the hand injury. What was it? Was it last it was last season? Yeah. Where he missed like 20 games. I hope that's not the case again. That, that's, that does not seem like a good situation. I know x-rays came back negative. But Bam has officially taken the next step. That's a difference maker. That was one of the things that the Heat needed to rely on going into this year. If they were going to be better. He needed to get better. He needed to take that next step. He has. The next thing that we found out on that road trip. Another difference maker that the Heat have been looking for this year. Victor Oladipo. He looks like he's back. And that's exciting. On both ends of the floor. Offensively, finishing at the basket. That mid-range jumper, smooth. And defensively, big-time defensive player now. I am very pleased with Victor Oladipo. And how about this? The Heat at one point couldn't win on the road. They were 3-9 and nine on the road, remember? They've won seven of the last nine on the road now. Road Warriors! The Heat are now 10-12 and 12 on the road this year. That's a very good road record. They're a good road team now. Now, there's no defending the loss at the Lakers. But the Heat, you need to win some games at home. They're a good road team. Win some games at home. So we're at the halfway point of the season. The Heat are 21 and 20. Got screwed yesterday. That's for sure. Got screwed yesterday, man. But they are next up tomorrow against the Thunder. Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's a fun one. Uh, The Panthers. I mean, look, what do you want me to say? Next up tomorrow night, they're at the Avalanche. Who the defending cup champions struggle in a little bit. But they laid a major egg yesterday, 5-1 at Dallas. Uh, Still can't win three straight. They won back-to-back for, I think, the fourth time this year. Have not won three in a row yet this season. Team stinks. There's there's nothing else I can tell you. I'm sorry. Uh, I I don't know what else to say. It's very upsetting. It's very disappointing. You know what will make me feel a little bit better, though? You know, I'm a little bit tired, a little bit jet-lagged. We got in this morning, red-eye flight. You know what will make me feel good? Sit back and relax and watch the national championship game. 
with a Johnny in my hand. That's right. I love getting the messages from you guys who are trying Johnny Cuba, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. You're trying it for the first time, and you're sending me the pictures and the videos on Instagram where I'm an influencer, and then I put it out there on my stories, and you become famous also. I love it. Keep sending me the videos. Johnny Cuba, European roots with a Caribbean soul. Start your afternoon with a refreshing German lager in a can. Look, you could purchase a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. They got specials on six-packs right now at Fresco y Mas at Winn-Dixie, but also Sedano's, Presidente. Go pick up yourself a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. It's going to be the only beer you drink from here on out. I'm telling you, I love getting the videos from you guys who are trying Johnny Cuba for the first time. It's delicious. That's right. Muy delicioso. Johnny Cuba. Don't forget about their mantra. Stay tranquilo. I'm thinking of Johnny Cuba tonight while watching the national championship. That's probably the way to go here in the Zaslow Mansion tonight. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Come on. You know how we do it. We wrap up every show. This is uh, the beginning of the week for us after I didn't do shows a couple days last week. So I appreciate everybody getting back on board today. Big deal or not a big deal. While I was away, Vince McMahon is back with WWE. That's right. He's back on the board. Apparently, he's not getting involved in day-to-day. He's not getting involved in creative, thank God. I don't know if you believe that or not, but we, we, we can only hope, apparently, because he still owned 51% of the shares. He's back on board to try and approve either a sale of WWE or the next media rights deal. And he wasn't going to approve anything if he wasn't allowed back on the board. He has a majority of shares, so... He strong-armed his way back in, and it looks like WWE is either going to be sold or they're going to sign some other type of major media deal. So Vince McMahon back in WWE, that's a big deal right there. It's a big deal because, like I said, you're hoping he doesn't get back on the creative side because WWE has been on fire. Now, make sure, if you're listening right now to Zaslow Show 2.0, we didn't do an episode of It's Still Real to Me. Me and my pal Joey Levin, that's our pro wrestling show. We didn't do it this weekend. Tonight, all right, a special Monday episode of It's Still Real to Me is going to drop, and we're going to catch up on all the big stories, including Vince McMahon back in WWE. So make sure that you check out this week's episode to start your week of It's Still Real to Me. All right, big deal or not a big deal, Aaron Rodgers. After the game, Jamal Williams had a great game for the Detroit Lions. He asked Aaron Rodgers if he could have his jersey, and Rodgers says, I got to keep this one. What does that mean? Is Rodgers pandering to try and get, you know, Well, he always wants to be talked about. What's he going to do? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Or is he actually going to retire? I'm going to go big deal. Because Aaron Rodgers, that sounds like a guy who's not going to, at the very least, is not going to play for the Packers anymore. So I'm going to go big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? It's Black Monday. Cliff Kingsbury fired after 4-13 this year with the Cardinals. He and the quarterback, Kyler Murray, they hate each other. That's not a big deal because we all saw it coming. Big deal or not a big deal? How about this Quay Walker, the linebacker for the Packers, who gets ejected yesterday for shoving the trainer from the Detroit Lions. Second time he's been ejected this year, and also with some type of incident earlier in the year against Buffalo involving their staff as well. This is a piece of shit. Uh, uh, You know, Emmanuel Acho, he made a great point. You're going to get thrown out of a game for putting your hands on a trainer this week of all weeks? After the trainer for Buffalo gave CPR to DeMar Hamlin, saved his life, you're putting your hands on the trainer this week of all weeks? You, you gotta be a real piece of shit. That, like, that's, there's a, that's a major 
major character issue with this guy. This is a big deal. You can't win with players like that. I would get rid of him if I'm the Packers. I really would. I would get rid of him. You can't win with guys like that. That's a major character issue. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, Georgia TCU National Championship is tonight. It says the game starts at 7.30. Is that true? 7.30, that's a good time. I mean, you know the game's going to be three and a half hours easy, but 7.30, go live with 7.30. If the game is, in fact, starting at 7.30, that's a big deal. I'll be very into that. I will stay up for the whole game. Otherwise, you feel like 8.30, game's going to at 2 a.m., can't do it. If it's a 7.30 start, that's a big deal. I'm into that. So Georgia and TCU tonight, that's your national championship. And that right there is another addition a big deal or not a big deal. Wow, that was awesome. Hey, by the way, this is a good opportunity for me to tell you. If you're looking for a place to watch the national championship tonight, you know the only place to go is Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. That's right. Now, besides that you got the national championship tonight, Briny Irish Pub has live music seven days a week. Real easy to find the Briny, okay? Atlantic Boulevard all the way east of the Atlantic Ocean. But don't park in the Atlantic Ocean. Park right behind the Briny. They got a lot right there. Free park, and they will validate your license tag, okay? So park behind the Briny. Like I said, Atlantic Boulevard all the way east, and the Briny is right there. You can't miss it. The world's greatest upscale dive bar, Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. That's your spot tonight for the NCAA Championship. TCU and Georgia. We know happy hour. That's Briny hour. Every weeknight, 4 to 7 p.m. And tonight, you got special Monday night prime rib. Don't forget about tomorrow, Tuesday night. Not just Taco Tuesdays, we got Mahi Taco Specials. Wednesday night, Fish and Chip Specials. And of course, where else are you going to watch the NFL playoff games? I'm going to be there for the Dolphins this weekend, right? Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. Great job by everybody involved in the show today. Really good to be back. I hope you guys missed me. I missed you. Make sure you check out tonight's special edition of It's Still Real to Me. We'll catch up with all the big stories this past week in the world of pro wrestling. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies for both trailers and motorhomes. Let their team 
help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out. Like your social security number or password. For you to become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year. Go to LifeLock.com aware.